what's awesome, baby? It's a PTP, a primetime podcast. Whoa, Nelly. It's the granddaddy of them all, the greatest podcast around. Hello, friends. As we make our way to the Backroom Studios, we'd like to welcome you to the From Corner to Corner podcast. And in this corner is the best podcast around. It's time! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Y'all ready for this? What are we doing? We're recording the show right now? Yeah. Hey, we're on a, We're live, all right? <laughs> and we're live! Wes with his toys again. I swear. <laughs> I was just trying to show the green spray to, to uh, Neil, but, you know. Wait, uh, the Oscar green spray. I was going to say tonight. green spray. You need to clarify that. You have volume control. <laughs> you can show me. Well, I'm silent, but obviously uh, no. It's you a, know, it, iPhones and all. It's it's a different silent though, right? You got to you got to you got to mute the video. Speaking of which, that button right there on my main screen is the is the is the is the audio. I'm glad you messed everything up. I'm just so it's a, it's it's you guys. It's it's on my main screen. The only way it's on the iPhone is if we're all iPhone users. See, look, right now on the air, I have held the button and I'm recording a voice memo that's going to go to all three of you all. And I had to do nothing but open my messages. Yeah. So hey, everybody, welcome <laughs> to From Corner to Corner. We told you about a month and a half ago it was going to be different. We're changing. And we're changing it. And it is so bright in here right now. Neil is rocking his Fred Flintstone Roosevelt shirt today. I'm sure Adam will sneak a picture or a video at some <laughs> point, and it'll pop up. <laughs> I told so Wes, I was like, I wish he'd have told me. Wes has got his hat pulled down like, tonight. Oh, like, no, oh, yeah. My hat's like, not coming off. off. I, was I like, look like a I look, head last week. I look like a fat homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> Like some like some scoundrel, you all just let it off the streets. And people are like, they let this guy over there. So I'm like, I'm 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 gonna sit up all nice and tall, suck stuff in. You know. I just noticed that the Fred Flintstone is a pullover. It is not a button down. It's a it's called polo. Most people yeah. call it polo. But that's what the young folks call <laughs> right. polos. Well, pullover, polo, whatever. It doesn't I mean, matter. you have to pull that over. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how shirts work. But I crawl up in this way. So we were talking right before the show. Adam asked how many kids knew who Fred Flintstone was. Right. And I told Adam that you'd be surprised. Of course, Fred Flintstone is a older cartoon for those of you that live under a rock. But a lot of kids recognized it 
mainly because of the Fruity Pebbles box. They're like, hey, that's the guy off the Fruity Pebbles box. I mean, because it is one of the greatest cereals out there. It is. You have to eat it in 7.6 seconds or it gets soggy. <laughs> yeah. But it is fantastic. You're better off to start with a small portion and just continue to add. <laughs> right, right. Start small. Yeah, because once it gets soggy, it's it's not any good. Right. It's like a, it is like a race to <laughs> how, how quickly you can eat it before it right. gets soggified. It's like trying to... Trying to race to see who could eat the most hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Because so we, we already know who can eat the most hot dogs. Because for some reason, Adam decided he was going to challenge me to a hot dog eating contest. Not just you, your whole family. <laughs> I want did. the whole pain family. Well, listen, I'm telling you, you can get the whole pain Wait family. A minute. And I like my odds. Skyler has an, an, a bottomless pit. I'm, He's good for four or five when, himself. When he says that he has said, to cut him off, cut it's him off every three, single meal well, he has it, to cut him off. If it's a contest, I ain't cutting him off. <laughs> you want six, go get six. Skyler would eat a whole pizza by himself. He would. He would 100%. So, I mean. Because he could, you've told me this multiple times. Can I have another? Can I have another? No, no. You can't. <laughs> like donuts? D- donuts, like tacos. Donut, I'm pizza, like, right? listen, son, nobody needs seven tacos. I don't care that you can eat them. You don't need seven tacos. You know, save some tacos for somebody else. <laughs> Can I get another piece of pizza? How many you had? Six. No, you don't need another piece of pizza. <laughs> what about some breadsticks? Can I have some more breadsticks? <laughs> you see that pepperoni there? Go eat that. And he will, dude. I love those. He does, too. Absolutely love them. So. <laughs> and we are off the rails to start well, this show. No, no, no. That's not off the rails. We're not off the rails yet. That's what just the week in review. Right. That's what it is. Well, so, are we free balling again? <laughs> I mean, if we are, we won't title it the show then. Right. No, no. We'll come up with something cool. <laughs> so, funny story, talking about my kids and family and food. I had just recently started finding these recipes, because I, I like to cook, finding these recipes off like Pinterest or TikTok, and I'll make them. If the kids like them, I invent a family member that passed down the recipe. (laughs) So it started a few weeks ago. I made a homemade spaghetti sauce. So uh, a gravy, as you called it. Well, I called it a gravy because that's what that's what Italians call it. It's a it's a gravy. So uh, if you've ever watched The Sopranos, on Sunday they have Sunday gravy. Cultured. Right. You come to this podcast for culture. Right. I mean, we, we speak French. We discuss old school Italian. All right. I uh, forgot I was going to open the show with the French line. I forgot. Wee wee. Bonjour. I created, I made this, I made this spaghetti sauce. And I shared it with my, with my sisters and my mom. And my sister was like, oh, where'd you get that recipe? Well, we had just recently had a family friend pass away. And I told her, I said, well, you don't remember Etta making this all the time when we were kids? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, I am a little older than you. Of course, as she got older and older in years, she didn't make it as much. I said, but she used to make it all the time. She's Italian. It came from her grandmother from Italy, from the old country. It's her Nona Sunday gravy. And she's like, you're lying to me. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm lying. Yeah. So she was like, so she asked it. And she would ask my dad and my mom, do you remember Adam making? And of course, no, I don't remember. And uh, so I made a Facebook post about it, about how, you know, it was great to be able to keep this uh, family memories alive. <laughs> I think I like that Facebook post. <laughs> well, since then, I now have, so I have Nona's Sunday Gravy. 
I have Aunt Nadine's lemon dessert. I have uh, the macaroni and cheese. I have uh, what did I say their name was? Um, Uncle Pepper, Uncle Pepper, and somebody. And and the story with them is that uh, they used to go to the church that, that I did as when I was a kid, and they didn't. They were older uh, couple. They didn't have family. So the church kind of adopted them. So whenever we had our church potlucks, that was the dish they would always bring. He started a cookbook with this. I started a cookbook. So so I, 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 I enjoy cooking. And one of the things, whenever whenever my kids get uh, grown and out of the house, God, I can't wait till that day happens, that I'm going to give them, they get their own place, I'm going to give them a cookbook of all the favorite things that I used to fix when they, when they were kids. So here you go. So they're going to have all these recipes of these made-up family members. <laughs> and they're going to think and it's some family <laughs> recipe. Right. So I've created family legacies that don't exist. You know what the crazy part about it is? Is one of his kids is going to do the ancestry the ancestry thing. And they're going to be like, I don't see a new-new. I don't see a uncle so-and-so. Right. Uncle like, Dad, what? Where are these people at in the family tree? Uh, those were nicknames. Right, That's right. what we just called right. them. It's, it, it's this one right here. Right. It's this one right, right here. Right. So, well, and what I've done is I've sprinkled in enough, like, legitimate family members. Like, tonight I made a taco spaghetti that that my uh, that, that my wife's brother had shared the recipe with us. So, I'm going to put it in the cookbook as Uncle AJ's taco spaghetti. So, I'm going to tr- trickle in enough of those that... Maybe there was. They just won't question. They just won't question. But it's funny. You talk about Ancestry.com. Growing up, my grandfather said that he was like 25% Cherokee Indian or 10%. I don't, he's as pasty white as I am. I, I was always like, doesn't make sense to me. But he said his great-grandmother was a full-blooded Cherokee Indian. My uncle did Ancestry.com. There's not a stitch of <laughs> Cherokee Indian blood in my family tree. We're all from, like, Ireland. <laughs> my dad said that his great-grandmother was full-blooded Cherokee. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know that anybody in my family has ever uh, done that. Right. But <clears throat> I don't have, like, a lot of hair on my body, and my dad didn't either. And apparently that's a trait of that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. I have no idea. But that's the story anyways. Right. So, now that you all and the world, whoever listens, in on my secret that I'm creating family lineages that don't exist. Family members that I don't have. I may actually turn it into a book and each of my family members that I create get their own chapter. And working up to how I got I got the recipe. I I, I love it. Well, yeah. I, I think you should actually turn it into a real cookbook. <laughs> Right. And and you probably sell it. You could so, literally probably so sell. So I mean, it. so I say this to say, create your own family members. You don't like the ones you got now? Just create a new family. <laughs> Uncle Pepper. Uncle Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna think of what aunt. I can't think of aunt's name. Hold on, I'm gonna think of it. You all just keep talking. Don't let me fill the air with the ums and uhs that he has to cut out. <laughs> So, so right before, I want to jump right into this. Right before the show, I, I took out one of the topics and subbed it in for another topic. It's Aunt Irma. That's right. Aunt Irma and Uncle Pepper. Yeah. Irma is such a beautiful aunt name. Right. I mean, really, well, nobody's going to question it. <laughs> nobody's going to question Aunt Irma. No. It's believable in it Kentucky is believable. because it is. there's a, just in, just in Bath County, there's an Irma Irma's that's great. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Aunt Irma and Uncle Pepper's mac and cheese. <laughs> Uncle Pepper. The secret ingredient is well, pepper. And they're like, why is it? I said, because he was older. He had dark black hair as a as a young guy. As he started to gray, his hair was peppered. So we called him Uncle Pepper. <laughs> Beautiful story. <laughs> I mean, breaks a tear to my eye. Did I just turn into Uncle Pepper? You might be. You <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of... Uncle Salty there. <laughs> so, fantasy trades. We're all fantasy fo- football slash ba- Well, some of us are baseball players. Fantasy football. We all play fantasy football. <laughs> Two of us play fantasy baseball. Neil and I talk about fantasy trades almost as much as we talk about wrestling. Because... It is an interesting topic to see the intricacies of how each person attacks a trade, right? Neil and I are fairly similar when it comes to our trading ways. We're more worried about this year than we are next year. That's almost always the given thing, right? We're about next year, next year. Because you don't know what's going to happen. I want that belt now. Right. And we kind of grade people on a scale, right? So let's just say, for instance, this is the way I look at it, and he, he looks at it the same way. There's four players involved. Because I hate one-for-one one deals most of the time. Yeah. So it's, it's a two-for-two two deal. Because it's really hard to do a one-for-one one and, and it be pretty close to even. Yeah, I mean, he just pulled one off. And uh, that's the first one I've heard in baseball or football in uh, last five years. So I had Nolan Arenado, who played for the Rockies, now, now with St. Louis, off to a great start. I open up my email one morning and have a trade notification. I'm like, oh, great, here we go. Well, the guy offered me Nolan Arenado. Or no, he wanted Nolan Arenado and was offering me Bryce Harper. And I was like, hey, that's that's really good. Well, I told Wes and I told Wes and John, I was like, that's a really good trade offer. So, long story short, I took the trade. I very rarely do a one-for-one deal, though. And you know, the crazy part about that trade is, is Arenado was on absolute fire before the trade. Mm-hmm. And since the trade, it's reversed. Arenado's been on a cold streak, yep. and, and Bryce Harper has been absolutely insane. Yep. Uh, he's got, what, four or five home runs since he's hit yep. your team. Yep. Well, I mean, players, they know when they've been traded in right. fantasy. Right. They, they, they know. want a new culture. Right, right. It's like the, it's the new culture. They know when they're picked up on my roster, I can tell you that. Especially right now. <laughs> Sean, every every day, almost every day for the past week, has picked up a pitcher that has done has been doing well. Particularly relievers. You can go back and look. That They'll not even make it through an inning and give up two or three runs. Like, <laughs> haven't given up a run all year. Three in a row. <laughs> Like, I picked up a dude yesterday, hasn't gave up a run all year long, gave up three runs last night. Last week we were talking about, there were a bunch of, because we're both pretty bad right now, and we were talking about pitchers, and uh, he started picking up, he picked up a couple pitchers, and Hunter Green, who plays for the Reds, was out there, and he was like, oh, Hunter Green's there, I didn't know he was released, and Sean's looking, he's like, I don't have a place for him, why don't you go pick him up? I go pick him up, dude goes out and throws seven innings, no hit baseball, strikes out nine. Guy I picked up gave up eight runs and two runs. <laughs> I'm not even making it up. You can't make it up. You've got that. You don't have the Midas touch this year. You've got the cooler. I got the toilet touch this year. For my, 
<laughs> new team name totally for next touch. week. Totally I've, I've changed my team name every week. Until so something far. changes. So last week I was craptastic. This week I'm am I the Reds? Question mark. <laughs> so so you all do categories, right? Yeah, twelve categories. It, it's twelve categories. Is wins one of the categories? Quality no, starts. quality starts. Oh. So even though Hunter Green got the loss, he still got a quality start. Quality start. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and I mean the ERA helps, the strikeouts help, the WHIP, the K's per nine. You know all Since that. Since we're talking about can... pitchers that picked up, I told you Zach Davies pitched today. He's he gave up five through four. Yeah, uh, yeah. Turner hit a three run homer. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, okay, so when I'm looking at a trade. If there's four players involved, I think the fairest way to trade, someone's going to get the number one player and someone's going to get the number four player. I think the fairest way to do it is a one, three, two, four type deal or a one, four, two, three type deal, right? It really all depends on the value of the number one player. If you're getting the absolute best player in the deal, then you should also be receiving the fourth player in the deal and sending the second and the third. Man, that is so hard to do, though. Well, and it's because you get because everybody has different values. Right. So, for example, we 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 all play with one guy who values rookies and values young guys. Okay, to me, they're nothing. Like, for example, in baseball, a a young player. Casey Mize, for example. I've had Casey Mize since I started back in the league. I picked him up, and I've carried him. I carried him for two years, and he never even made the majors. He broke in the majors late last year, uh, and it looks like he's headed towards Tommy John surgery right now. So I look at him like, I'm three years in, and I've wasted my time with this guy. He's, took it, he's taking a roster spot for, th- for three years. But most of the time I look at that, and I'm like, sure, it's untapped potential, but – I mean, is it worth the? I mean, because I can find guys all over the roster, all over the waiver wire that suck as bad as somebody with no stats does. Like I can find guys everywhere for that. But you have players that value that potential. I mean, we're getting ready to see the NBA draft. Shaden Sharp is the biggest question mark in the draft. Apparently, and it's already predicted to go number fourth, and that's because well, uh, Sacramento slash UK is picking fourth. Well, about every mock draft I've seen has him go either between four and six. Yeah, six is as far as yeah. I've seen. And, him and but every everything reads the same. We don't know anything about this guy. They're taking him off potential. Well, you have guys that value potential in fantasy sports, and it's like to them, the potential's through the roof. And see. We're we're going to get to the NBA thing here yep. in a little bit as we we're going to you know talk about that a little bit. But for two days, I've went back and forth with this said player that we you know we'll call him Ray. Yeah, he's got a couple of players that are massively struggling right now that he's wanting to dump. Well, I'm struggling too, but I really feel like that. I'm getting really close. I'm probably two weeks away from losing grip on on the playoffs. I mean, my team's really, really bad right now. So one of the players is Spencer Spencer Torkelson, who is the hot stud for Detroit. Detroit pushed him to the majors this year probably a little early because he's sucking right now. I mean, big time. But the way our league setup is, his contract is is super cheap. He's going to... He's a 20-something round pick, and he's never really going to get expensive unless he gets thrown back into the draft. 
And then he had another player that he was basically literally two days ago told me that he was considering dropping. So to me, that 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 player is worthless to him, right? Well, he's asking me for like some of my best players, and I I, I was like, every scenario you have offered me, I'm giving up the two best players in the deal. Now, potentially Torkelson is the best player in the deal, potentially, but. He could just, and next week he could go back to the minor leagues. And if he does, then I lose all value with him because then he's not playing at all. And then I don't know that I can really roster him. So I was of the mindset, I'm going to give the best player in the deal. Right now I gave him Brian Reynolds and a, a kid named Sheldon Noose who's playing for Oakland who's been playing very well. He's got a decent batting average. He steals bases, scores runs. He's producing better than all four of the guys involved in the trade, but Brian Reynolds is by far the best player in the deal. So at this point, you're basically looking at rebuilding already this year. I, I think I'm getting very close to that point. Gotcha. Yeah, because because my superstars are not provide are not producing, and it's pretty bad that I've got guys on my team that I've never heard of that are out producing my Ronald Acuna's and my Vlad Guerrero's. Gotcha. You know that's what's sad. So. I kept looking at it. I told him. He goes, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shop it around." I said, "Well, man, that's fine." I said, "At this point, it's you wanting to dump players more than me acquire players." But here's where I'm at. I'm offering Ron Reynolds and Noose for Torkelson and Cronworth, and and that's that's the offer to me. I don't care if you take it or not. I really don't. It wasn't ten minutes later he comes back and he had sent me the offer and he took it because he's done with those two players. But the way I was looking at that deal. If we're going off of production to date, I still gave away the two best players in the deal. Because Torkelson's batting under 200, and Cronworth, I don't even... It's yeah, he's, Like, oh, for the world the last week. Yeah. So, but I took 100% risk on that deal. Sometimes in baseball, when June rolls around, these guys, I don't know what it is. Tyler O'Neill was the same thing last year. I he got He got kicked around in spring... By a dozen teams. I needed an injury fill-in. I picked up Tyler O'Neill, and he had an all-star season and was almost MVP. But that didn't start until mid-June. Well, it happened the same thing a few years ago with T. Oscar Hernandez. Yeah. He got picked up for the Blue Jays. He got picked up a few times back and forth. I told I told Sean, I said, hey, I think he's going to be really good. Pick him up. Sean picked him up. Nothing. Sean drops him. I pick him up. Pew! And he went... To the moon, and he became a keeper for me. Yeah. So, like, like it happens. Uh, but we say all that to say, in, in fantasy sports, it's interesting to, 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 to look at how people view guys. You two both are fantasy players. When you're looking at a trade, what do you all look for? I mean, <laughs> obviously I look for the best player, the best fit for my team. Right. Um, and just like you're saying, Sean – it kind of depends on where you're at at the time and what your mindset is for that year. I agree with you. That's the way I play is I want to win this year. So, case in point, just like the trade I made in our Dynasty Football League, we were getting ready to do our draft. Um, and right before that, the guy had Tyreek Hill and had put Zeke on the, on the, um, on the board. 
trading block. So I offered him my, and I mean, I could have taken some. Uh, some <laughs> you basically rookies. pulled the Saints and gave him all of your draft. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. I either I, I I took Ricky Williams or Chris Olave, and and you know I didn't take those guys, but I I gave up all my picks for a player. It wasn't Zeke. It was Tyreek, you know. I was right. like, you know what? If I'm going to try to get him, I've got to give up my first. I've got to give up my second, and then I gave up my fourth also because I, I lumped in, um, um, my, or Davis, Davis Mills, yeah, Davis General Mills, Mills in yeah. that um, uh, group. But I want to hear you talk about the year that you won the championship that somebody gave you. We've already Kareem talked about Hunt that. We talked up. about that. Yeah, we were. But it's one of my favorite stories. It was Sean. Yeah. And Tyreek was not having a good. He year. wasn't. No, and so he was. He was just like he was talking about. It. it, it you know, he was ready to dump him. He was. You know, he wasn't going to just drop him. But he was like, "I'll take bones for him. Here's a box. Here's a box of baseballs. <laughs> and a half drink. Here's a sack of footballs for him. And some and a big red. And some in a big red. And some. And if I remember two. correctly, those guys helped you. Who did you beat in the finals? Um, I beat Sean. Using his own players. Using his own players. <laughs> right. That's what makes this story even better. Yeah. It you was, know what the sad part about it is? Oh. Is that Michael Thomas still ain't playing <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he ain't been on the field since that trade. That was two years ago. But, but he will now. So is that what's happening? I mean, he got Michael Thomas, cursed his football team to a runners-up, and now he's doing, not doing very well in baseball. Is it just the curse? The, it's the Thomas curse. The curse of Michael Thomas. The curse of Michael That's Thomas. That's another team name. The curse of Michael <laughs> so, Thomas. So, I, I, I am the to- worst team in all three of my fantasy leagues. I'm not the worst record in our league, but I may have the worst team in baseball. Yeah, because last week I would have gotten I got beat ten to nine to three last week. I would have gotten beat by everybody. The team I'm playing this week, Daniel, playing Daniel, has left two quality starts on the bench. Has four guys on the IL that are eligible to be in his lineup, and I'm still losing six to nothing. <laughs> Listen, we're just started Wednesday games. He had 22 runs scored in two days. He's on pace to score 77 runs this week, which is unheard, unheard of. I got I got eight. <laughs> I got eight. Eight runs. Yeah. And I've hit six home runs. Listen. So that's six of the eight runs right Tell him. He, was it Saturday you made it to before you hit a home run last Friday week? Friday was my first well, home run last week. Well, I, I remember Thursday. You yeah. all talked. Neither right. one of you all had, had a home run. I yet. hit one uh, a 1 o'clock game on Friday. Sean ends up hitting one Friday night. So we made it almost, he made it almost till Saturday before he hit a home run. I had two on Saturday. I had none on Sunday, none on Monday. Yesterday I had four, and I had two or three today. I'm getting you a Michael Thomas jersey for Christmas. So, Adam, how do you, how do you look at trades? If there's a player I want, I'm willing to pay whatever price it is. That's right. how I look at I've it. I've seen that. I, I've I mean, seen that with you. It, it doesn't matter. Right. Especially if it's a rookie or a guy – Let's say it's a guy that popped off one year. He had the Peyton Hillish year. Peyton Hills. Use that big year. I got to see players do it twice. If you can do it twice, that proves you're a little bit consistent. Right. Then I'll get you. If you do it once, yeah. I'll draft you just to trade you off stock. Right. Because, Not, because I mean, they're, they're like Peyton Hills, yeah. was, his stock was never higher than the year coming off of his. I mean, Lord, he was on the Madden cover. Madden cover, yeah. So. He was the savior of the Browns for a little do while. Do you all see 
in all the fantasy leagues you play in, there's you you all play with guys and gals as well because you know it's becoming more than just a male dominated thing. That people get caught up on on names. Yes, it's oh, there's no question because even at the end, from midway through a football season to the end of the football season, you can take a guy like Odell Beckham and turn them into a rookie or a guy that has turned it on the last two games. Mm-hmm but has had a subpar year, and because somebody's gotten hurt, you know they've got a chance. I'd rather have them than Odell Beckham. Well, and the only reason the other person's getting them is because they're like, oh, I'm going to get Odell. Oh, well, on, like, put him on for my example, head. I ended up with this guy in fantasy football was uh, Amon St. Brown. Yep. You could take Odell Beckham and turn him into St. Brown. Probably could. For before, certain people, yes. Before he went off at the end of last year, you could have. Yes. You, you could have Odell for Jalen Waddle, probably, yep. at some point. Yep. Because uh, Tua was hurt for a while last year, right? Right. So, it's funny that you you said, you brought that up. Because we got a couple guys in our baseball league and in our football leagues. Darren and Jeff, both, you know, they've played with us for a long time. Darren's played, played fantasy with us for a long time now. Um, he's been in the... Baseball league since creation, if I remember correctly. I was in uh, creation too, and I <clears throat> sucked. I quit and, mid-season. And, and Darren is a numbers guy, right? Darren is the. You've listened to Colin Cowherd show and stuff. He'll he'll pull up a uh, two blank canvases and compare numbers, right? And then when you get to the end of it, you're like, "Oh wow, I didn't really expect this dude's numbers to be better than Matt Ryan's, or you know, whatever that part of it." And you can't laugh off Darren at this point because look what he did in our fantasy football league right. last year. He won our fantasy baseball league in COVID year. Mm-hmm. By, and, the, and he's won both of those by not doing any trades and very few pickups. He's had a lot of great health to his teams, yep. which plays a big role into it. But he's doing a really good job drafting. Well, the I think Darren's whole strategy changed the infamous shock the system trade in football that year. That along with because he felt D- like people were questioning yeah, his and, moves. And DJ and Adam, um, every time he pulled a trade off in baseball, they would question it. Right, and I'm on the mindset, and I, and I tell people if if Adam texts me today and was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about making this trade. What do you, what do you think?" I tell him I don't have to like it. I don't have to like your trade. I, matter of fact, I may think it stinks, but if you want to do it, do it. Like because. Yeah. Ultimately, and I think I and I've and I've played in leagues before that guys were like, "Oh man, you can't make that trade. You can't let you no." I'm like, "But he thinks it makes him better. Like, why should I disagree with a trade if he thinks it makes him better?" Going back to the trade I was talking about, I took Tyree Kill, Zeke, and Mills for a first, a second, and a fourth in the rookie, and everybody was like, "Why is?" Uh, and I did that with Ben. Why is Ben doing this? You know, it, 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 yeah, it's a dynasty. I, I, made, and they were like, I made a little bit of a spectacle of my ass. <laughs> I actually apologized to Ben. <laughs> yeah, and he, but, you know, Ben's taking the route in a dynasty league. He's like, look, I'm real young right now, and I know looking at my team I'm not going to compete this year. But he can, he's going to have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Um, he's going to have Kyle Pitts. And then he's going to have Najee Harris. Najee Harris. And then, and then all then the guys that have, he drafted in the. Right. He's going to have two or three uh, of the top you know, first round wide receivers. So in two or three years, 
we may not even be able to touch him if right. if if any say, of those guys seventy percent of that hits. Yeah, yeah. Sixty uh, percent no, of the time, he's right all the time. The year in baseball that Darren won the championship, we it, it actually we changed the rules because of this trade. We we made a trade in the off season. I had Freddie Freeman, who was a second, first or second round pick. I traded him Freddie Freeman for Bregman and Strasburg. Strasburg wound up going on the IL, didn't hardly pitch at all that year, and Bregman. It was the worst season he's ever had. And Freddie Freeman went on to be the MVP that year and lead Darren to the title. But that was prior to the season, right? So that that the reason he invoked the no-trade thing is because DJ and Adam and a couple of other guys just threw an absolute fit thinking, well, why would he do that? That's just stupid. He traded a late-round keeper in Bregman and a starting pitcher for, for Freeman. Well... Darren was looking at it at the numbers. And at this point, I'm pretty daggone sure he wouldn't trade the title for that trade back. I mean, I mean, he still has Freeman on his team. Well, I mean, we talked, I mean, if you want to talk, we, we talked last week about, about Cam Newton. There's no way Gene Chizik cha- trades anything he cost him in 2010 for the, for the national title. Because yeah. for him, it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Tampa paid – $50 million to bring Tom Brady in two years ago. They immediately won the Super Bowl. Worth every it was penny. worth every penny, plus right. some because they gave him a third year. Right. Like, yep. And and they may not even make the playoffs this year. It's still worth it. Like, you look at you look at what the Rams did last year. Worth it. They won the Super Bowl. Like, winning makes it worth it. Right. That's why in fantasy, as a commissioner and, and really as a, as a player – you don't question trades, period, unless the trade is way, way out of bounds. A kicker for a quarterback, a starting quarterback that is in the top right. eight. Or like something if I'm like trading that. Nick Foles just, for Patrick if Mahomes, it's obvious. You go, you know, the commissioner can make that can make it say and can make the decision on that to say, wait a minute, you know that. That's obvious. We can't do that. You know? Last year's fantasy football league was the most peaceful football league we've had in yeah, several years. Right. Unfortunately, it was tied to other things, but it was all stuff that was off, outside outside of the field. Every daggone trade that was ever made was questioned. There was some really questionable stuff that transpired in in the league. I mean, there was a trade that tra- that that. Previous a, to last year. Yeah, previous to last year. There was a trade that happened, got vetoed within 30 minutes, okay? And then we turn around, and 10 minutes later, that same player that had just gotten traded got traded to another team in a completely different deal. Family members involved, right? The, well, I mean, on the veto process, yes. Yeah. And I think it's because we had this stupid veto process that four vote or four vetoes would would get it. And if you think about it, there was three family members and the other guy that was the recipient of the trade. That's all, that's all it took was four. Was Cougar Paul involved in that one? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. And so I sent numerous texts causing a stink about that. 
<laughs> well, I mean, you weren't the only one. We were all we upset. Were... And you know the crazy part about it is? My stupid butt felt guilty, felt sad for Trey. And I gave him Mahomes, and then he turns around and trades him to Adam 10 minutes later. <laughs> Why'd he hit you? Well, because some people don't value players, Sean. I mean, that was clear. You gave Wes a title. You gave me Mahomes. <laughs> Maybe I need to invoke on the no trade clause. Like, <laughs> I mean, listen, what was it? I can't draft as good as Darren does. That's pretty bad. I've played this game for so long. I'm a horrible drafter. I have. Hold on. I have a. Uh, I have a clip here that I want to play. Okay. Okay. We're gonna. And 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 this is. This is. Um, this is um, a clip. A clip that you're going to play. that I'm going to play. Yeah. Uh, and it's. Sean getting some solid advice, okay? And he he is yet to listen to this. Thank you for listening to Busted Open and being a huge fan. But I got to tell you, I've been talking to Neil, and you cannot, I mean, you cannot beat Neil at fantasy sports. Baseball, hockey, football, it doesn't matter. You suck, Sean. I love you. You're great. You're a loyal Busted Open Nation member. You're a tremendous person. I'm sure you're amazing at everything you do, but fantasy sports. What you need to do, first of all, I don't, I don't know. You get sporting news, those guides they get, they get. Start doing some research maybe, go online. But what you really need to do is go to Neil and just say, like, listen, Neil, you're better than me. Just admit it. Because it's embarrassing at this point. I love you. I really do, Sean. But it's time you might have to quit. Retire from fantasy sports. Wow. <laughs> I mean, but he hasn't listened. Dave LaGreca. Dave LaGreca, who those don't know is the host of Bust Up. Bust Up, the hottest pro wrestling show on the radio. I just changed my fantasy baseball name to LaGreca was right. <laughs> <laughs> so... So for there, uh, the background there is Sean and I like to razz each other when we when 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 we win uh, and when we beat the other person. So I beat Sean, and unbeknownst to him, I bought a cameo from Dave LaGreca. And I, in the little blurb, I said he's just I just beat him at fancy you know fancy football and um, yeah I want for those of you that listen I know Adam listens often. Do you remember his Bill Goldberg rant? Where the guy called and he's like, "Say Goldberg one more time," and he like yes. flipped out, right? Yes. So I said, "Use that as your motivation," and then he gave me that one minute of gold. I mean, it's it's so good, and uh, so I, I just sent it to Sean, and and but I mean, I think Lukraka was right. If I remember right, wasn't that on Sean's birthday, like one of his birthday presents, maybe that you sent him that? Was it? It may have been. I, I think it was. You know. You know what the sad part about it is? I've still never beat him in fantasy football. <laughs> I've beat him in baseball. Killed him in basketball. He did beat me in basketball. Never, ever have I beat him in fantasy football. And never. would have quit fantasy football. At least you know you've got two wins. I mean, I just <laughs> going to go out on top. <laughs> on top? Yeah. On top of Sean. Oh, okay. Oh. That's weird. <laughs> going off the rails there. Off the rails. Free balling here. <laughs> I just, uh, I just thought that was interesting because, well, and, and, and I think, and, and I also think it's interesting just because Patrick Mahomes, for example, you just brought him up. 
I think he's good. He's probably he's, he's he's top five quarterback. But I'm not sure I want Patrick Mahomes. I'm like so. You obviously value Patrick Mahomes pretty high. Sean at one point valued Patrick Mahomes until he gave him away. Valued Patrick Mahomes pretty high. And he's not stopped trying to get him back. He has never since. stopped. No. I mean, he's even trying to change the rules, getting thrown back into the league. That, that actually successfully <laughs> Which, worked. <laughs> speaking of. And now the league's defunct. Here I thought I had my quarterback for the next 15 years. All of a sudden, now we got a three year limit on him. Well, I mean, but, you know, we're actually talking about just having a redraft league now, so. Yeah. Actually, I'm about this far from just getting rid of the league. Just thinking right. to the so, but we do have a fair share of guys in our baseball league, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure footballs all the football leagues are the same way that Brett Favre could come back, and they would get hung up on like oh, I got to get Brett Favre. It's Brett Favre, yeah, yeah. So somebody heard a report about Drew Brees coming back this week and went and picked him up. <laughs> yeah, he told me that. Well, he, I was like, what are you picking up Drew Brees for? You all carry commentators. I he don't obviously know. likes the Saints. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, Michael Thomas has never been fantasy. I, okay, I'm just gonna, Michael I'm just Thomas gonna say and Drew this. Don't like each other. Well, he's, it's actually the Seahawks is who he's talking to. But anyways, I'm just gonna say this. That's Geno's job. Easy. Drew Lock. Had I not picked him up, Trey within five minutes, somebody else was picking him up. Trey. Well, Spencer, too. Spencer was looking at it. I was going to say, I've never seen a human being that is more up-to-date on fantasy news than Trey McCarty. Like, he's he's texting me, like, did you see this? I'm Trey like, knows no. that the kid's getting called up before the kid knows he's right. getting called up. Like, I think they I think call he, him first. He's the first call. Right. The agent calls Trey. He's <laughs> like, Trey, yeah. just letting you know. Inside scoop. <laughs> we're going we're, we're to call our guy yeah. out. I mean, coach is calling the guy into the clubhouse to talk to him. Trey already knows he's coming. Why don't you pick him up? Just wait. Five minutes Five, later. 10, 15. Yep, here he goes. And so-and-so's been called out. So, but but it, it's it's just it's just pretty amazing that everybody – I'm I'm obviously – I don't like to do one-for-one one, one one trades. I'm a two-for-two two guy at least. And I'm kind of the same way. I, I want, I always want the best player. But if I can't get the best player, I expect to get players two and three out of the deal because I, I'm giving you the best player. I, and not. I mean, we've even got to a point where I don't even like to trade anymore because everybody wants to take advantage of you. Like nobody wants, unless they can just absolutely rake you over the coals. Nobody wants to trade with you. Well, and I don't know if this is true or not, but my perception is. I must be looked at on a different scale when it comes to trading because me and Ben talked for two days on me trying to acquire Tyreek Hill. He was trying to rape me. And then you gave him away. You get him for basically nothing. I mean, your three draft picks at the time are yes. all chances. Sure, absolutely. Potential. You got three, you got two and a half proven players. Davis Mills actually had a pretty daggone good year last year for, to be a rookie. Right. I feel like that he's probably a one and done because they're going to want to try to replace him unless he has a really good year this year. But you got two proven players for three draft picks of guys that may or may not make it. But but I'm I'm trying to get Hill, and I'm asked for Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson for Tyreek Hill. Who, I mean, to be honest with you, Debo and Tyreek aren't really that far off. 
It, it can and Debo's un- younger. Yeah, and Debo's younger. And 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 bigger. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. Got, so, he's got bigger frame. So, like, like, that's not even really an even deal. You know, if it had been like Tyreek and my fourth for Debo and and a third or something like or vice versa, whatever that is, that would have probably been a little bit closer. As but, you said, the one and the and you know, yeah. you're getting the middle part, yeah, and you're giving up you're giving up the one and the four. Yeah. You're getting the middle part, right. which all kind of yeah. evens out. And I think it, I'll be honest with you, I think it's one of the things that made me the maddest about that trade because I'm like, because I had just I had just sent him something for Zeke because he'd thrown him out there and he hadn't even responded back to me about anything on that. And the next thing I know, boom, you've got both of them. And I'm like, what the flip? Well, and before you came to the league, because obviously you took my spot, but – I had, I had a really good team, and I needed a defense before we move on. So I traded with Sean. I traded Julian Edelman, which goes against everything inside of me in a PPR league. Okay, you don't trade away guys like Julian Edelman. It was right. a choice between Edelman and Ridley, and I had just and spent almost all my Fab money to pick up Calvin Ridley, and he was a rookie that year, right? Yeah, and I was like, I can't give Ridley, and Edelman really hadn't played. And he was offering – it was a year the Jags were really good. Their defense was really good. So, I was like, let's do – and we probably – I can't imagine we just did Edelman for Jacksonville, but there was probably another player too. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Needless to say, the trade went through. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense sucked from that moment on, and Julian Edelman found the flux capacitor and went back in time and remembered who the heck he was. And long story short – Sean won a championship, and and he'll admit that Julian Edelman was a big part of that championship. A huge part of it. It was the missing piece that I had. Yeah. So he likes to give me give me flack that that I always take advantage of him in trades, and I always the only back, one that I ever won. But he won the championship off of it. The consensus line that we've talked about here is yes, people value players differently. People trade differently, but all the trades we've talked about had so much luck in it. Right. It's it's beyond belief. Right. So much luck. Now, whether it's luck for that person that got the stuff like like I did yeah. for my championship run, or whether it's unlucky on your half, yeah. you know, it, you, you well, just cannot. And, and that year was also the year that I traded Aaron Rodgers for uh, Gurley. Right. And I traded Russell Wilson and the famous shock uh, the system lot. Shock the system. <laughs> do you know that story? I do not. No, we'll, we'll tell that in we'll, a minute, and then we'll move on to the topic. <laughs> yeah, we're we're fifteen <laughs> minutes in. We're getting to our topic. Um, I traded uh, Russell Wilson, a couple other people, and anyways, I wound up with Mahomes. Prior to Mahomes doing anything, I mean. Like it was just a chance. Yeah. Like I mean, Mahomes was was he wasn't a rookie, but it was his it was first his year. year. It was his first yeah. full year as a starter. But I mean, it was like week four or five. At this point, he hadn't went off, and then he went off. And I just so happened to have Hill and Kelsey, and Gurley, and Edelman. I mean, I was I was stacked that year. It was like, but both of those trades just hit. I don't win without those two trades. Right. So, setting in Kuiper Manor. 
a few a few moons ago. Still the greatest thing. My wife still to this day does not know that we drafted in the house that day. <laughs> and, and she still and she, doesn't know. She still she's not right. no, no, no. So Wes was there. I was there. And Darren, a loyal listener to the show, had the first pick. That was your Todd Gurley, clear cut number one pick, right? So he takes Todd Todd Gurley. You what did you draft three or four? Uh, I was fifth. Fifth. Okay. So, what did you did you say? Uh, you we get to pick five. Sean's turn. And he says, as my name says, I'm about to shock the system. <laughs> that was my team name that year. <clears throat> and he made a trade. He traded the fifth pick, which turned into be Aaron Rodgers for Todd Gurley. Well, I mean, just the uproar in the room, right? <laughs> and Sean's like, I mean, what? what it's, it's not that bad of a deal. And I was like, it's not the deal. The deal, I think, was fine. It's the way y'all went about it that was crap. Well, their whole their whole argument was, it's like, well, hell, if he wanted Rogers, he could have just took him number one. <laughs> and number then, one. But, but then Sean was like, well, then I couldn't have got Gurley. And, and that's, you're right. That's fair. And I, and I also said, I said, but in, I said, it's not a bad trade because at the end of the year, Rogers had better numbers than Gurley. Yeah. Because he's quarterback, and typically in fantasy leagues, quarterback's where it's at. I said, you know, if you'd have waited until maybe after the draft to pull it off, I don't think anybody says a word. But no, like he was just like, we're going to shock the system. Very first pick on the clock. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, he was all like Kyle O'Reilly in it over there. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? It was a pure butthole move there. <laughs> it's it's traits like that that were questioned that we get back to Darren. That Darren's like, well, forget it. I just won't trade with anybody anymore. Yeah. And I'll beat you still. And, like, and the thing about it was, is like, like Darren wanted Aaron Rodgers. I mean, because we talked ahead of the draft. I was like, who do you want to name? He said, I'm probably going to take Rodgers. And I'm like, pump the brakes. Well, if you're going to take Rodgers. Let me take him at five because nobody I'll else take is going to take him at five. I mean, that's a risk, though. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, like, I knew nobody was going to do that. Oh, right. Because I'm a researcher. I already knew who was going at two, three, and right. four. Sean is, Sean is good about, hey, so you pick it two. Who do you think you're going to pick? Oh, before our draft, every time, I'm getting a text from Sean. You pick number nine. What are you thinking? Do you, do you know who's the worst, though? Trey's the worst. <laughs> who do you think I'm getting in round eight? He's like, I don't pick to around seven. Who do you think's going to be available? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's going to be there in pick three. Ray Ray McLeod. Right. <laughs> Drafting. Right. Bobby Boucher. I don't know. I will agree. The way I went about that was completely wrong. <laughs> oh, I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. But see, like, and when we did the, when we did the Mahomes trade, he won all three sides of that at that time. Nobody knew that Russell Wilson was going to suck the second half of that season because Russell had killed it the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And then he sucked the second half of the season. Emmanuel Sanders still was one of the better players. Oh, and he got Kittle in that deal too from me that he kept until like last year. So he didn't exactly lose a lot in that deal. I mean, he 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 handled he handled that pretty good. So to all that to be said, Darren does pretty good on his trades. I don't try to rob anybody. I always try to make it as fair as possible. But I don't want to be robbed either. But I also feel like that a lot of times I'm treated differently. I guess because I have all the gold. I don't know. It's been a long time since I won, though. <laughs> now, when I'm trading now I'm with contemplating you. retirement from fantasy sports because I can't <laughs> play. I can't win anymore. If I'm trading with any of you three sitting here, 
I know I'm getting a fair offer from any of you three. I know you're not trying to rape me. I know you're not trying to look for a bad deal. So I'm coming to the table fair. If I'm dealing with Trey, I'm sending him my worst offer out of the gate. Like, I said, you're in for a long haul with Trey. I sent him a terrible offer for Fields. Sean texts me immediately. He's like, Trey feels disrespected by your offer. I said he should. (laughs) He should. It's a bad (laughs) offer. It's bad. And you know what's awesome is that we all know that. Whenever somebody gets a trade, we're texting at least one person. It's like, what do you, what do you think about this deal? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and, so it's, well, and, and it's it's like, it's it's a, a thought process, right? You're like, okay, my initial reaction is that that sucks. Or my initial reaction is that's pretty daggone good. What am I missing? Why, why, why are they sending me this well, offer? Like the Arenado for uh, Harper, I was like, this is like so. I'm I'm looking. At, I'm reading on Harper. Is he getting ready to go off the IL? Is he got caught cheating? Like what's going on here? So I'm checking with people, and they're like, "No, I think that's a good yeah, deal." I mean, yeah, I mean, DJ's dad's new to the league, and all of a sudden he's presenting all these fair trades to everybody. And we're not used to that. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like he sent me an offer for. Uh, he wanted. Cor- I just threw it out there that Corey Seager was available for trade. Well, he sends me. He tra- sends me an offer. Offers me Will Smith, the catcher from the Dodgers. Uh, Justin Turner, the third baseman from the Dodgers, because and and I don't have a third baseman. He he hates the Dodgers, and Eloy Jimenez, who's a, you know a stud for the the White Sox, he's uh, out right now, hurt. And he basically said, "Give me Seager and two guys back. Who your choice?" And Sean was like, "We." I was like, "I, I, I think that's a good deal." <laughs> <laughs> so I gave him Gary Sanchez back because I had him as a catcher because he needed another catcher back. And I I don't even remember who the other one was, but you know. But Seeker's hit five home runs for him since I made the trade. He was hitless for you. He was literally 0 for 20 when I (laughs) traded him. The next day, hit two home runs. First day on his team. Michael Thomas effect. (laughs) And you're salty. I mean. (laughs) Are you defeated at this point? Are you a broken down defeated man? man? I tell you, I'm not good at losing when it comes to fantasy sports. I've never missed the playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> We're talking about playoffs? I've never missed the playoffs in our fantasy baseball league. And, you know, the funny thing is, is we have our – Did we you record me or take a picture? No, he was recording. Recording. <laughs> That'll drop I knew he was. That's why I didn't say that, anything. That'll drop Saturday. So, we also have – you know, you have these uh, – you made me lose my train of thought. We have our consolation bracket where if you win the consolation bracket, you get, you get the first pick. <laughs> Shot in the day, just to defeat it, but he's like – I'm not even good enough to win the consolation bracket. <laughs> like, I can't tank to get to the consolation bracket because I'm not going to win. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that I like that rule now. All of a sudden, as a commissioner, I might have to change that rule. <laughs> so, our main topic today we want to talk about was... As we're uh, an hour in. As we're an hour in. This is all the pre-show. All right? <laughs> the pre-show yeah. to the pre-show. Right. Pastor Grant would say this was his... Uh, that was his pre-preaching. Now he's going to start preaching. Yeah. So, uh... The Phoenix Suns just got eliminated from the NBA playoffs. They come into the playoffs as the number one overall team in the league. Best best record. I mean, just destroying people all year. Except the Mavericks, I think. I think maybe they had a maybe a tied record against the Mavericks. But there were too talented to get beat by the Dallas Mavericks in a seven-game series. Well, they beat the living crap out of them game one and game two to the point that everybody's like, man, this is going to be a sweep. So, so – I wanted to ask you all this question. What happened? 
I think what happened is they made Luca mad. You, he game fit, five. Game, game, game five, he was looking to throw the ball, ball to the ref. Booker came and snatched it out of his hands. Luca had had expletives for him. Multiple. And, and then he said, everybody's tough when they're up. Let's see what happens now. Yeah. And the game was never the same. Right. I mean, I mean, the series was never. I don't the same. know if you saw the stat line. He outscored Devin Booker. Yep. Who was the le- uh, who was one of the top scorers in the league? Out rebounded DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Who's a rebounder? And out assisted Chris Paul. Yep. And had more steals than Mikael Bridges, who was the runner up to Defensive Player of the Year. He owned the Suns. He's the baddest man in the league. L- Luca's on another level the, right now. They're like I I saw a comparison today. He's the closest thing to Larry Bird since Larry Bird. Is so. this a Dirk Nowitzki 2011 Dallas Mavericks run that we're about to see? I don't think Luca can take down the Warriors by itself. I don't it, It's well, going to take Finney Smith. They beat them three out of four times this year. But we're talking about playoff we're, Steph. We're talking Steph. playoff Steph, yeah. playoff but Clay. We're also talking about a Luca that is mad. But it's also Luca has been two, through two st- tough series. Yeah. So I ultimately think Golden State beats Dallas. I don't. I think Dallas is. I, I think Dallas is Golden on the line. State. Who you got, Wes? I don't know. I mean, I can absolutely see Mavericks. Look, we just talked about Kimba Walker last week uh, and saying, get on my back, let's ride. That's what Luka's doing. And so he could absolutely go into this. He's going to lose a game or two. But could it be Dallas and six, Dallas and seven? Sure, absolutely. Um, So it kind of depends on if he can get everybody else Bought in. Uh, it's all, it's, it's all on Brunson and Dinwiddie. If they're sh- if they're shooting, their defense is good. Their do- their defense is really so, good, so. and that's where the Warriors are suspect. They turn the ball over a lot. They do. Yep. Chris and they got Paul. beat by fifty points. Oh, it was so bad. Grizzlies. Uh, hey, I, t- I turned the game off. Well, they turned the game off. Yeah. Like they come yeah, out of half they, and they, they play in the second half. So, Chris Paul is thirty eight. Yep. His window. Is closing, closing fast. I think he's back in Phoenix next year. He's 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 under contract for Phoenix. He's well, I mean, but I don't yeah. think they're going to move him. Uh, he's the he's currently being the scapegoat all over Sports Talk Radio. It's it's yep. it's it's Chris Paul's fault. Yeah, and and he did Booker have had eleven points in the last game. I you right. Know. Paul did have a bad series. After he turned 37. He's th- actually 37. Okay. He was good up until the day he turned 37, yeah. and after that he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do the Suns – I mean, because they have a good young core. Yeah. I don't think it's it, it's time to blow it up, but CP3 only has a year or two left, and and he's made no bones about it. He, would, at some point in his career, would like to play with LeBron. I don't, I don't think their bench – has a lot of talent to it. They lose a lot when those starters come off of the of the floor. And I can't for the life of me think of the the, the dude. He's been around the league forever. Where's number ninety nine? Got the big long Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Like he he's the guy that needs to be replaced. I watched him play a lot during like playoff basketball I watch. Jay Crowder out there jacking up shots that he has no business taking. That he had no business taking ten years ago. Right. No. Like no. It's like, Jay, what are you doing? Like, Jay Crowder needs to watch Miami and watch P.J. Tucker. 
That's what you need to do. Yeah. Yes. Post up in the, in the corner. If you're wide open, shoot it. But you, you're you there to just hound their best player. We talked – me and Neil talked about this earlier. Right? The NBA, though, like it's crazy. It's just a three-point contest. Yep. Yeah. Like there's no such thing. The only way you're getting to the rim is if it's a layup, wide open, mm-hmm. fast break. That's one of the things that – that's one of the reasons why Luka is dominating right now is because he'll go to the rim – He'll get the free throws, he'll hit the free throws, or he'll kick out to the guys and hit the three. Giannis gets got beat because he got tired, and he can't hit free throws. Yeah, and Drew Holiday decided to play his worst basketball. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking about the Suns, but I mean, the defending champions got, you know, got... And I mean, and it... To, and, to the woodshed. Yeah. And that's not on Giannis. I mean, no, I no, think no, no. Giannis left everything he had yeah. on the court. When he checked out of the game, he was exhausted. Yes. He, like, he he's the exhausted. only guy in history to have, what is it, 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50, 50 assists in a series. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, both of those Game 7s were blowouts. Oh. And, I mean, Boston, they, they dropped Game 1 last night to Miami, down two of their best players. I still, think that's okay. a, I still think that's a Boston series. That is probably a Drago-Rocky seven-game oh, yeah. series. They're going to beat the crap out of well, each other. Well, and I tell you, something I'm noticing, this is, this is going to make you smile. Jason Tatum is becoming one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. He's probably top five. He's been right there on the verge the last couple years. He, he's taking he's like a right whole other level. Like, yeah. he's, he's the kind that could go on a run and win things by himself. Yeah. Miami Miami gets those cold streaks and a lot of times they can't get out of them and 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 that and Boston will attack that kind of stuff cuz Boston goes to the rim. They don't just stand out there and jack threes all day long. Boston goes cuz like last night they had Edwards had 12 points um in the first quarter. Yeah. Because they were just Nobody was guarding the rim. Well, Everybody thought they I mean, were going to from three-point line. They were just tossing 50, it into him. They had 50-something points in the paint last night, yeah. which is incredible. I think 40 was in the first half. Yeah. Well, you know what's incredible? You talk about Edwards and, uh, you know, Grant Williams has had a had a, had a big game against the Bucks. Flop Edwards. You're talking about I – mean, Flop Williams. You're talking about, like – They've got lucky with some of these draft picks. Oh, 100%. I mean, because they got, well, they got Edwards in the second round, right? What about Pritchard? Pritchard. Uh, Robert yeah. Edwards was a second-round guy. Robert Williams was a second-round guy. Robert Williams. Robert Williams second yes. round guy. Um, Grant Williams was a uh, – He was a second. He, I think he was a second-round guy. Yeah. I mean, Peyton Pritchard. Like, Peyton Pritchard was first-round. I know, but, like, like, you look at him, you're like, that dude has no business being no. on the floor right now. Like, he, He's out there for one reason, to jack the threes. Right. That's it. And, and, and he's look, a good ball handler. And yeah. it's like – it's like – They've got lucky through the years with some of these some of these draft picks that they've got in later you know in late first round or in the second round that they've been able to to develop and that's and and that's what it takes. But uh, Miami is so good, and I know it's gonna it's gonna be a physical series, and they're gonna mm-hmm. beat the crap out of each other. Jimmy Butler's playing the best basketball he's ever played. Michael Jordan's illegitimate child. Yeah. Have you, have you all heard that conspiracy theory? <laughs> I have not. Sean, I send you drop the, it on. I send you the TikTok. I, I saw it this morning. There is a there is a reported story out that Jimmy Butler is the illegitimate child of Michael Jordan. The thought is Michael Jordan apparently left his marriage at some point and was with this other woman. He was paying this woman off to keep his name protected, and he paid her for 13 years, right? 
Jimmy Butler's mother had told him, I can't tell you who your dad is because it has to, I'm protecting his name. She kicked Jimmy out when she was 13 or when he was 13 because he stopped, she stopped receiving payments on him. (laughs) And if you put their faces up half and half, it's eerily, eerily similar. I'll send you the TikTok because I liked it just so I could, but I saw it late last night or early this morning. I don't remember. And I, I didn't, it was late last night. I didn't want to send, wake it, wake anybody up. So, anything, so. long story short, wake Jim, anybody up. We're up at four thirty. I mean, I mean, last Adam, night. Adam, Adam sends texts at four thirty in the morning, so it don't really matter. I'll just look well, at it at some point. So I told, I told Wes, I was because he was like. Adam sent that at four thirty. I was like, "Yeah, that's usually the time he sends his wordle." I can usually tell Adam's uh, schedule by how early he sends his wordle. Wordle. And I, I told Wes ever. the same thing. He texted and was like, "Man, those guys—if they realize how early we're awake, they're going to think we never sleep." I was like, oh, "I send my wordle this early every day." So it usually goes: Adam sends his wordle about four thirty, quarter to five. I send mine anywhere five thirty, quarter to six. Sean's about a six thirty guy. Because so, that's when I get up and my phone is in the living room. It's so, not by my bed. So it's like, so, so if we have... I'm an old man. I have an actual alarm clock. So, I don't use my phone. So like, you know, I was thinking about that this morning because... He's got one of those radio clocks. <laughs> remember I knew when, I, when I first told you all, I was like, man, I'm sorry for that morning text. Sean was like, oh, my phone's in the other room. And I, ever since then, my head's been kind of spinning because... I'm not as oh, old as Sean. He don't have an alarm. He's got the radio turned on. So when it comes on, it's on <laughs> yeah. soft 98. Or so it's playing no, it's, the it's, 70s and 80s. It's Paul, it's Paul Harvey. It's the Paul that's Harvey. The that's, that's the best story. That's the best story. No, I actually have the one that's like. <laughs> so uh, that's usually how I can. T- I'm like. So if if when I get up at five thirty, like on Saturday mornings, if I'm sending the wordle before nine o'clock, Neil goes, I, I, "Dang, you're up early this morning." Like, so you're not sleeping in or what? But uh, <laughs> so if I get up at five thirty, and or you know, and and I don't have my wordle from Adam, I'm like, huh, he must not have to work today. So basically, what I'm saying is, if is if you know, if we get to nine o'clock and I haven't had a wordle from these two guys. I'm probably calling the police to get a well check on them because uh, they're they're not they're not they're not normal right now. That's the first thing that I normally do is do well, the Wordle. Did you uh, there Wordle has saved a woman who was a guy broke into their house or into her house and he had her at knife point or gun point, one or the other. And I think he stripped naked and made her bathe him. I think. Anyway, look. Those details don't necessarily matter, but she was in a text group that she was. They were sending wordles, and Grandma wasn't hadn't sent her wordle by the time Grandma usually sends her wordle. So one of the other people in the, called the police. The police went over to check, and there was this naked man inside her house that was holding her hostage. <laughs> and you think wordle's dumb? Uh, it's that right it there is, makes wordle worth everything, right? <laughs> It's saving it, lives. It could save lives. Wordle saving lives. And then I follow Wordle up with doing the mini crossword. That's usually how my morning goes. And then I follow that up with fantasy. I set, set my fantasy line up. What about Sudoku? You do that? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I do Sudoku. How old are you two? My goodness. Hey, no. Got to keep that brain young. Get it up going. How do you think we stay so young? Right. <laughs> Got to get that brain working. Brain starts Me, working. It's the Wordle, battles. then fantasy, then TikTok. Get the brain working, then the bowels. That's what I do. Yeah. 
So it's important, right? It is important. I can understand why the word will get your bowels going. Oh, this is well, usually because I have to sit there for a while and, and, and <laughs> just follow out of that. <laughs> so you think to get back on track here? You think that the Suns need to improve their bench? Yes. Yeah, because I think their starting lineup is pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, th- there's not really a hole there, and they've got a couple of good guys on the bench, but. Like, most of the horrible games that I saw them play, their bench players are out there just jacking up shots like crazy. Right. And uh, Cameron Payne last year was amazing. He didn't play that well this year. And, and I don't know, I just think it was one of those things that once once the series got tied with Dallas when it was 2-2, you just kind of felt like Dallas was like, hey, I got this, because nobody was giving Dallas a chance to win that series. Right. Jason Kidd coached his high end off in that series. And Jason Kidd's where he needs to be. It's the they first the time they've been in the Western well, Conference Finals since he played on the team that won yep. the championship. And Jason Kidd's a pretty daggone good coach. I mean, he didn't do bad. He was at the Nets first, right? And then went. To, and then he went to the Bucks. Bucks, yeah. And I mean, he kind of put the foundation in place for what took place last year. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Mark Jackson did with the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, he never could get them over the hump, but he put the he mindset. He drafted all those players. He helped draft all those players. Yep. Then Steve Kerr, who is a fantastic – I mean, Steve Kerr was a was a, was a good NBA player, but he'll be a Hall – I mean, he's a Hall of Fame NBA coach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But it, it took Steve Kerr to get them over the hump. But if it wasn't for Mark Jackson, the Golden State Warriors are still the laughing stock of the NBA. Yeah. There was some, some strife and some turmoil with Mark Jackson in the front office, I right. think is kind of how – that all transpired. He wanted front office power, and they didn't want to give it to him. I don't him. understand. Like, like, how has he not gotten another coaching job? I think he's interviewing for the Lakers, right? How has Jeff Van Gundy never got another head coaching job? But he's had a couple. I, I don't think Jeff Van Gundy wants back in. But did he have a couple after the Knicks? I think he just, I think the Knicks was it, right? Knicks yeah. and the Rockets. 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 He was, Rockets. Rockets. was he at the Rockets? Yeah, he was, was, he yeah. followed Rudy Tomjanovich. It's my favorite coaching right. name ever. Yeah. Rudy Tom Jones. But I think you're right. I don't, I don't think he wants back in. I mean. I was like Seth Greenberg. Why? He was not a horrible college basketball no. coach. Bill but Cowher like, doesn't want back in. He's like, why would I want to give that? I mean, because Seth Greenberg has a job at ESPN for as long as he wants it. I mean, heck, he's got and, a freaking podcast now. And he's pretty he does good. good. Yeah, he's he good. is good. He's a very good analytical I mean, guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot better than Jimmy Dykes. Oh my gosh, he's terrible. Jimmy and Jimmy, Jimmy Dykes, Dykes is on Chris Collins' worthless level. Oh, Ooh, I don't know. Jimmy Dykes. Is if bad. Jimmy Dykes is calling a UK game, I'll turn the volume down and turn the radio on. The only way I listen I hate to Jimmy, Jimmy Dykes. Dykes is if Doris Burke is the other one calling. I hate Doris Burke on games. <laughs> I listen to Jimmy Dykes before Doris Burke. That's a hot take. My <laughs> goodness, I don't really care for Dor- Doris, Doris Burke, Burke either. Kick you under the bus. But she's not college basketball, though. She's NBA. Uh, she every has once done, in a while, yeah, She has done a few early in the season. I don't disagree with that. Who's your favorite person to listen to calling a college basketball game? Jay Bills. You like oh, Jay Bills? My, yeah. Of course. The Duke. The, but, but he is so – he goes the other way. He tries to be so not biased, it almost gets on your nerves. I disagree. I think in the last two years – Billis has really has really lost his touch on. He's upset with the NCAA, and I will support him one hundred percent to that. Yeah. But he's become so much of a homer towards Duke. I totally understand that to a certain extent. But but 
and then be a homer towards one team or the other. He won't just go be while he's doing that game. He won't just go into a game and say, this player does this and this player does this. And he used to do that. But now he, he's, I don't know, I think he's losing touch. Which makes him a pretty good candidate whether, it, whether the um, Shanky uh, was to take the NCAA uh, president's job. I think Jay Billis might actually be a better candidate for that job. Wow. That's a hot take. Because he, he he wants to fix it. Jay Billis better than Greg Sankey? Greg Sankey? Greg Sankey would be good, no doubt about it. And I they probably look on the same wavelength to one another, but I mean, Jay Billis wants to fix the NCAA and fix it for the players. And make everything, you know, he's got some ideas that I think Sankey doesn't have. But Sankey's made made it happen with SEC. I agree with that. So I think I don't think Bills gets that job over Sankey. I'm not I, saying he no, will. Sankey. I'm not saying he will. And but. and you all, the best person to listen to call a basketball game is no Bill Rafferty. Starting out man to man, what a little kiss on the glass. <laughs> I, I like Greg Anthony. I think he Greg does Anthony's pretty good. I like Gus Johnson too. Gus Johnson. Oh, I love Gus. Gus Johnson. is really good. I don't care what he's doing. If it's a cookie contest, yeah. he's going to make it exciting. I think Bill Walton ought to call the games. So. Oh, oh God. God. So terrible. Oh, my God. He is so bad. <laughs> Impact my 12. God's gracious. The League of Champions. <laughs> I'm like, you want to go to sleep? Turn Bill Walton Bill, on the two. Bill will talk about a player for about 30 seconds, and then he'll go off on a rant. Because he is toked up so hard about at that point, he's talking about bicycles in the, the sky and bicycle in the mountains and and rainbows over. Uh, you're like, what in the world is he doing? I cannot stand him. I, yeah, I I like Iron Eagle. I think he's really good. I tell you, not he doesn't call games, but I really enjoy listening to Mark Packer in the in the afternoons on ESPNU Radio. I know that he gets a bad rap because his dad's Billy Packer, and Billy Packer's trash. Okay, trash. I think even ACC guys will agree Billy Packer's trash. Uh, but he like he called games for a long time. Uh, but I really enjoy Mark Packer. I think he has some good, uh, like I think he has some good takes. I think he, I mean, he gets paid. Listen, at the end of the day, his main paycheck comes from the ACC network. Okay, so yes, he is an ACC homer because. They pay his they pay his mortgage, all right. But on his show, he's he tries to be as non biased and 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 like if somebody calls in with a terrible take, it doesn't matter what the takes on. He'll tell you that's a bad take. Like that's bad. I'm I'm not listening to that. He has a lot of knowledge uh, on the on all sports, and and he doesn't leave any. He doesn't just talk about football. He doesn't just talk about basketball. He has baseball coaches on, and he'll talk about softball, and he'll talk about like so. I think. I think I'd really enjoy listening. He must be on an extended vacation. He hadn't been on there in a while. It's been, I, been a couple of weeks. I think he uh, his contract was up. Was it? Series XM. Man. Yeah. That that'd be a huge loss. I think I remember because yeah, they're 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 doing the uh, uh, Jacob Hester uh, duo. J- Jacob Hester's really good though. He is. Jacob Hester is. Good. Uh, him yeah. and uh, Bobby Carpenter. Speaking yeah. of the NCAA, 
Let's switch over to something that Adam, Adam sent. I don't earlier. even understand that. So I had heard that it, it, that they were going to get rid of scholarships. I think it's still on the table, but they were the NCAA is talking about getting rid of scholarships, uh, getting rid of the limitation of scholarships. So everybody immediately goes, "Well, uh, all these all these top ten basketball teams can take 15, 20 guys. All the you know Alabamas in the world can take one hundred and twenty guys." I think actually it's going to work out. It's going to level out and work out for the NCAA in the for the better, in my take, because baseball scholarships are joke. They get two to three full scholarships, and then they give about four to five half scholarships for other people. Hopefully, hoping those guys will get academic scholarships or other type of scholarships through the school. Now they can give full scholarships to a full team. It will also, if you give, you know, 10, 12, 20 more guys more scholarships in football, they're going to have to come up with more scholarships for the women side of it too because of Title IX. So you're going you're gonna to see schools open up new sporting programs just because of this. UK does not have a women's field hockey team. Guess what? I bet they do in the next two, three, four years because of the scholarship situation that they're talking about doing. That's not a bad thing. That's giving people that don't have a chance to be at a Division One school, women, a chance to get a scholarship at a Division One school and play sports for them and, and go to a good school instead of having to possibly go to, you know, Moorhead has a beach volleyball uh, team there's probably some women that have to go to Moorhead just to play beach volleyball. What beach but, is near Moorhead? Uh, you're right about that. Listen, you're exactly. But that's you know they picked that sport to even out scholarships because of Title IX. I think the the non limitation on scholarships is going to work out in the long run for the NCAA. Well, it doesn't really matter anyways because half these daggone. All these one and done players that are coming to in college basketball, anyways, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I right. mean, exactly. it's not like they're staying in school. Basketball, it's not going to affect. The instance you used, it is good. I'll, I'll give you that. But the whole reason it was brought up was because Nick Saban. We talked about it. Football drives everything. Mm-hmm. You you got these teams. You you haven't seen any college football, and you named eight teams that you said will probably be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Don't know what anybody has. Nope. Yep. Those eight teams, they're just going to get richer. Right. I, the rich get richer, and that's where it's going to come into play. It's not going to hurt basketball because, like you said, one and done. Women's sports will benefit. Football, you're going to have Alabama with 85 scholarship players instead of 25, and that's going to get crazy. They're already dominating with 25 scholarship players. They get 25 a year, right? I thought they get more than that. I think it's twenty five a year. I think uh, it's, 25 I think it's one hundred and fifty thousand. Twenty twenty five a year. Twenty five new ones a year. I agree right. with that. Right. But almost all of their players, right. up to eighty five, up, up to eighty five. So they yeah. got eighty five scholarship right. players on a right. team. You're right. But they're going to get that in a year if they want to. If they want to. But I, I, it's just it, I don't think it's going to. There's going to be a point. It's going to level out. Will they use ten more? Very possible. You know. Uh, but 
I don't. I, don't, well, I think it, it's going to level I mean, up because it of denial. Where it, where it probably helps in a situation where we'll use your number of 10. Okay, Saban's got 15 guys, but he only has 10 scholarships. Now he's got 15. Sure. Yep. So now he can offer all 15 of them that scholarship. So players – 11 through 15, instead of going to another school to get the scholarship. State, for example. Now yeah. they can come to Alabama, set for a year. They've got their scholarship. And they're guaranteed, because tradition, since Nick Saban's been there, they're guaranteed to win a national championship in their four years. Mm-hmm. It's, almost, yeah, it's, almost, it's almost as guaranteed well, as It's 100% anything. accurate, guaranteed. Yeah. 100% success rate. Yeah. And, I mean, and he's – He's hitting on the quarterbacks now, which is something that he didn't hit on forever. The one thing that it might make worse is the transfer portal is bad now. It might be even worse. You might see double the amount of players in it than there is now. And there was, what, 1,100? or It was was some crazy crazy number. That could double to, you know, 2,000 players just – Moving around consistently because they know they can just go to another school. If they didn't play during their freshman or or redshirt freshman year, and go to another school that's said, yeah, you can play here, and know that they still can well, have scholarship. Look at, I mean, look, it just happened. Look what Tate Martell did. I mean, how many schools did this dude end up at? Yeah. And now he's not even playing. I think it. The last time he was at a college, he he tried to switch positions to wide receiver, and it didn't work. And I don't even think he's in college anymore. He went Ohio State, Miami, UNLV, I think. Was and, that, and UNLV was his last stop. Yeah, I mean, so like this dude, highly recruited, five star recruit out of out of high school, three Division one college football teams took a chance on him, and he stunk at all three of them. Neil and I was talking earlier. I, I told him that college sports in general has almost got to the point that it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to root for it, and I don't want to watch it because it's like it's becoming. It's gross. Yeah, it, like you said, it's gross. It's becoming just disgusting. Because that was you know that was always the draw of college sports is you got a bunch of guys that are playing for one thing and that's the name on the front of the jersey and now you have NILs and you have you have uh brands and and the transfer portals and if you know I mean there was and I know that you know we poke fun at the age of our two colleagues here and it is getting close to eight o'clock and I mean I know that it's about time to go to bed but um you know there, there used to be something to be said about you know back in the day you know, a kid go to Kentucky or they go to West Virginia and they're there four years and, you know, they're there through the good and the bad and the coaches change and them getting playing time and losing playing time. And like, it just, it just drove them. Well, now it's like, oh, okay, you're going to, you're not going to start me. That's fine. I'll take my ball and go somewhere else because I'll find someplace else to go. And, you, you know, you look at all these other coaches, you look at, you look at Neil Brown at West Virginia, you look at Mark Stoops at Kentucky they're going to bend, and they have benefited because you have these guys that you know. Nick Saban doesn't have eighty-five scholarships, and and Ryan Day doesn't have eighty-five scholarships, and Dabo doesn't have eighty-five. But so, but they use their twenty-five. But the guy doesn't get immediate playing time. They're like, oh, well, forget you then. I'll go over here to where I can play. 
I mean, Will Levis come from Penn State. Future quarterback, Green Bay Packers. Right. Are we really going there? We're always going to consistent. I'm just using him as an example because if he stayed in Penn State, he's not playing. Yeah. No, because if, Sean Clifford was better. Does that really matter? At this point, who's going to get drafted higher next year in the draft? Malik Cunningham, Louisville quarterback. Which not the two quarterback of Malik Willis. That's not what we're talking about. Which quarterbacks we're talking about. We're talking about Clifford or Levis. Levis is going to get drafted higher. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. I mean, you even said that. If, if but he the, performs and stays healthy. The, you know what? If he, if he didn't play a down this year and said, I'm done. I'm just going to go do pro day stuff and the shade and sharp route. I'm just going to do workouts and well, he'd still get picked in the first round because his stock would still be off last year when he had screen pass Robinson out there. That's okay. And his but attributes. that's the that's the the way the game is. Oh, right, right. We I just talked about it at the beginning of the show. Shade and sharp is going to get drafted in the top five and never played a minute of college basketball, and it is all completely based off of potential. Potential, Yeah. And the NBA over everything. Which is exactly – completely agree. That's exactly why he goes to Sacramento, because they are potential city. They draft every freaking player off of potential, and they love – Calipari's play. I actually think he ends up in Detroit and he's Kate Cunningham's running mate. That's where I think he goes. Detroit would be a good fit for him. Detroit picks five. I well, think he goes to Detroit. Next week's show we our, is all going to be about the NBA draft, right? We're going to talk about Supposedly. our – Supposedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Look, it better be because I'm not doing research and then not talk about it. Because if we're not going to talk about it, tell me now. I'm not wasting the time doing research. So we're going to project who we think gets drafted in the lottery. Like, we're going to project our lot. And then, uh, Sean talked about the research. We're going to give you our, in our opinion, best all-time picks, 1 through 10. Yeah, if we can get through all that. If we can get through all that. Maybe we'll start with 1 through 5 and go from there. Or maybe just, hey, you know, the best seventh pick overall was so-and-so. You know, I don't know. You okay over, Adam? Oh, yeah. You got a big smile on your face. Must be lasagna at the house. Oh, hey, that was last night. You know what's not at the house? Enchiladas. Where are they? They're not. Are you sure? I made supper tonight. I know they're not. You've been here for a while. (laughs) Detox. My wife's doing detox. She ain't making enchiladas. Oh, shoot. That's so funny. That is so funny. So, well, we didn't get too far into the NBA topic that we was talking about. Or was going to talk about. Well, no, because we spent an hour talking about fantasy sports. Fantasy sports and trades. It's still a great topic. It is, and the NBA is not. Until playoff season. Yeah. Speaking of fantasy sports, we're going to do fantasy basketball this year. I think we ought to do that. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was we, What was it called? The, the Not the Phantom. The Vampire League? The Vampire, Vampire League. Do the Vampire League in, in basketball? basketball. Is it basketball over? This coming year. Oh. Basketball season's so long. (laughs) We're going to start now? There's only four teams left. So is baseball. (laughs) Anything else? I mean, do you want to lead us in the pledge? Yeah, we can do that. All right.
I mean, we're going to go off the cuff and live right now. Or yeah. I can pull up, pull up the Wheel of Choices. We can do that, too. Is it, uh, does everybody have it? We're going to talk about... We're going to SummerSlam. Is that what you were going to say? Are we going to SummerSlam? We're going to SummerSlam. You know, you, I meant to... You paid that bill today. I did pay that bill. Yeah, so we're, it's official now. I meant, to, I meant to start off the show going, so what have we decided this week is going to happen at SummerSlam? <laughs> yeah, right. Well... I mean, that's obvious, right? Sasha's returning! Sasha Banks and Naomi's <laughs> coming back to win the belts. <laughs> we didn't talk about that. Well, I mean, meh. I'm not so convinced that Finn turns now, though. Really? Yeah. I don't know that they're going to get a fourth member now. Do you think it's... I think they have He mentioned to. AJ last week. So do you think he keeps poking AJ until AJ turns on him? No. It was going to be Harlan, apparently. And they, they released Boring. him. Hey, who called that? <laughs> you did. Actually, every member that is either in the group or has been rumored to be in the group, I've called. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I mean, the way they're writing it right now sets up for Finn to do the turn. Which almost means that it's too obvious. Right. Which means it might... Uh, surely, goodness, they're not going to go with uh, uh, Liv. Are they going to try to get all the gold? Because you could put Finn and Liv on there and put Liv and Rhea back as a team and ring back the belts. I, I don't think they get any of the gold, to be honest with you. They yeah. just want to be... You know what I'd almost do? I would almost have Edge have a lengthy run, however that is, with the Intercontinental or the U.S. title. Because the U.S. belt had, has never been meant more than when John Cena held it. Mm-hmm. And he did his weekly challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Edge doesn't obviously have to do a weekly challenge. But there's something about that mid-card belt being around the waist of a superstar. Um, like, like, a, like a huge star in the business that makes it seem more important. Austin Theory, eh, yeah, it is what it is. But it just doesn't have the same effect that I think it could have if it was around Edge. Reasonable thought, and I mean you're you know you want to see Edge with the gold. There you go. There's going to be a lot of um, different storylines if these two belts are made um, out of the Universal and WWE belt. If that all changes, there's going to be a lot of more storylines that can happen with Edge in that for the for the bigger belt. And with the fact that. That Roman's going to miss most of the summer. I don't know that there's a lot of storylines that can be done with his title belts. There's not. You're just going to basically edge. But he may just come back with the new title. You're just going to have Roman just disappear. Because I I tend to think after SummerSlam, Roman's taking legitimate time off. Like, I I don't think we'll see Roman again until closer to Summer. I mean, closer to the Survivor Series. I don't think he drops the belt. And I think he just kind of goes away. And when he comes back, which is when they'll institute a new belt. And when he comes back, he'll have his new version of the Undisputed World title. And he's still going to be the Undisputed World Champion. And then the other belt will just be the Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically what they had done. Yeah. So, I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. Yep, I'd say you're right. And with that, we're still a wrestling podcast. 
<laughs> Although I did change the category to sports. So we're gonna so we wanna end with the pledge? What do you think? We're talking about doing the pledge. And then you know, Wes thinks you ought to do it as the poetry thing. I, I personally was not a huge fan. Fat bottom girl, you naughty nanny. Yeah. I mean I Big I think it would have been big, fine big fat fanny. had you not dissected the song. I mean, it's a song about a pedophile. <laughs> That's true. But, like, I think, like, if you would have just done, like, the opening verse okay. and then done. Next week, surprise yeah. for all three of you, I'll have a song and I'll just do the the, the, the main verse. Yeah. Does that I, make you smile? It was really long. And it was really. That's re- what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Although. Did you like the jazz music that I put in? The jazz music was nice. It was a nice touch. That was the hardest thing of the entire show to edit. Because when I went to YouTube to pull up jazz music, everything that it pulled up was 11 or 12 or 13 hours long. (laughs) And I was like, you couldn't just do a quick download. And then then it was like a minute clip. And I'm like, I need a three-minute song. So I finally found one that was about an hour and a half. And it took about 10 minutes to download. And then I just cut it and, and worked it in there. But I had I kept trying to move it and trying to size it and line it up perfectly. Man, I bet it took me I bet it took me thirty minutes or more to to do that little bit of segment right there. And I was like It was beautiful though. It was worth it. it do you know it, what else is beautiful? What's that? Bad Street Atlanta GA <laughs> Do you know that song? Uh I've heard it a few times. Right. So Do you know I was an old school guy? I did. Was that the free balls? Free birds. Free balls. <laughs> I see what you did there. Grandpa got a got a funny one in on there. Grandpa told a funny. He did. <laughs> Knee slapper. <laughs> you got to laugh like a grandpa. Nudge the elbow a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap the show up with the pledge. How about that? All right. So... Pull your car off the side of the road, remove your hat, place both hands over your heart, and repeat after us. I pledge allegiance to the podcast brought to me by the MoCo Four Horsemen, for which I rely upon for weekly entertainment, for the love of all things fun, with opinions, facts, and jokes aplenty. Just like Sex Panther Cologne, 60% of the time, we we are right every time. Amen. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Stay safe, friends.